three, two, one. Was it me? I thought you. I thought you said you were going to do it, and I was going to ask you questions. No, I thought I thought you were going to do it, and then ask me questions straight away. Welcome to Sounding Board. This has been uh, not our best intro, but we're we're glad you're here, Nick. Over to you. Sorry, I think that was my fault. This is the problem with not being in the same room. This is the problem with lockdown podcasts. We've got a video thing going on, but it's just not the same, is it? No, I mean, hopefully, in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll be able to do it in person. Um, if you know. If, or if personally, unofficially. Personally, I'm. I mean, I think we've said this for a few. I'm. I'm done with it. I'm totally done with it. You are welcome round here at any time to record a podcast. Okay, because I just don't care anymore. That's that's what I've got to. And I suppose the point is, is that I did have some hope. Ob- obviously, I'm not saying that I thought this was going to happen, but in the back of my mind, I had some hope that the restrictions were going to be lifted more than they have been. And so we're recording this on the Wednesday that a load of this stuff kicks in. Boris gave his speech, did his announcement on Sunday, wildly trailed beforehand. In fact, for the whole of Sunday, there was leaks and little you know, Twitter announcements and bits and pieces as to the new slogans and all this kind of stuff. So my question to you, first of all, Andrew, is how much of that did you follow? Are you, are you, you, know, are you on top of all this stuff? Um, I, so I, I, followed it, I followed a couple of the leaks, um, but to be honest, I was, I was so bored with it and I knew nothing meaningful was going to be announced. So I didn't even bother watching or listening to his speech. I thought, you know what, I'll catch, it, I'll catch up on Twitter afterwards. Yeah, uh, and and you know, with a couple of websites, you know, found out as expected that nothing really had changed, other than the fines. Fines are fines are going to be greater. Um, so yes, let's talk about let's talk about that. But I, I, my, I, I suppose my next question is quite an important one: Are you alert? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, oh, it's, it's that. What's I mean that that sounds like. I can understand criticism of that because, you know, alerts to a virus because they're quite difficult to see. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how, how I can raise my alert level to the point where I can see microbes. Um, so, you know, I can, I can understand criticism of that. But just the whole, in, in general, people were talking about oh, how confusing it was and there weren't enough guidelines and, oh, please, somebody tell me what this means. It's like, it's, you know, it's not that complicated. You know, I, I thought his advice, even though I didn't agree with it, was at least understandable. And and the, the the fact that supposedly clever people were trying to prove their intelligence by, by showing not understanding just how, something, just how much they didn't understand basic English, uh, that that struck me as being a, a bit daft. Uh, yeah, I don't I, mean, I don't know if they were fooling anyone. Um, it wasn't. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's the best choice of word. I think. I think if anything, it should have been about um, vigilance. Uh, surely, saying "be vigilant" or "stay vigilant," surely people understand what what that means. Surely, more people would get that because being vigilant is a state you can be in. It's a state of of it is a state of readiness. Whereas alert, it it. Uh, it's not a. I don't know. I, I, I suppose vigilant isn't exactly an everyday word, but nor is alert really. 
Other it's than... not, but it's it's two compared to three syllables, and they they, they like to keep these things as <sighs> yeah. you know, as as dumbed down as as possible, don't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They can't, they can't be. They can't, you know, if, if, if vigilant is a word that yeah, I, I bet some people don't know it, and you could go through school without having read it in a book. Um, so they, they just wanted it to, to it, again, it's, it's kind of lowest denominator stuff, isn't it? It's, yes. you have to make this so that everybody, the average IQ is a is hundred and half the people are dumber than that. So we need to make it so that everybody can understand. Um, so you didn't watch his speech. No, you didn't watch him in the commons on Monday. No, no, I've just, I've had, I've, I've had enough of, I've had enough of him. I've had enough of Matt Hancock. Um, I've had enough of most people, to be honest. Um, I, I've, you know, the past week or so, I think, in particular, I've just thought, you know what, nothing's going to change. All, all it's doing is just winding me up. Um, I'm just going to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look. If there's something absolutely fantastic, I'll hear about it on Twitter, and somebody will post a clip, and I'll watch the clip. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I'll just follow it either on the news or, um, you know, just on, on Twitter or, or, or websites or, or whatever. Um, so I. I did watch it. I watched his common statement, but not really anything more than that. None of the questions afterwards. Um, but it was mainly because, and I've been keeping an eye on the government website because, from a business standpoint, um, I I need to know. I need to know what they what the hell they're going on about when they talk about you know COVID nineteen secure. Um, and um, and the schools, which we'll come back to in a minute. What what does it mean when we say we want foundation year one and year six to to go back potentially on the first of June? What would that look like? What are the, what's the guidance that's going to come out for the education establishments like schools? Um, and and am I going to get more cover for the the measures that we've already put in place in our office to get people back into work? And so. I was keen to know this stuff straight away and to understand it. So that's why I've been on it. But interestingly, I hit I hit a particular wall yesterday, Tuesday, and it was with the furlough announcements. It was with the extension of the furlough scheme to the end of October. And all this talk, you know, of an alert system and a scaling back and, you know, we'll get to there, then maybe in a month we'll get to there, then maybe a couple of weeks after that we'll get to there. I mean, at least there was a semblance of a plan there from that, that Boris announced. But then as soon as um, the guidance started updating on the website, as soon as I saw the education stuff, and as soon as Rishi Sunak announced that the furlough was going to be extended, I just put my head in my hands because of all the damaging things that have been done and will and, and that will, will be done. It's the furlough scheme that is going to do the most damage. And I, I, I find it so frustrating that people don't see that paying people to sit on their ass isn't, isn't good in the short, medium or long term. <laughs> And so yesterday, I had a proper low point. Proper low point yesterday. Yeah, that was that was some some outstandingly bad news. I don't, I don't, I, I genuinely don't know how they think they're going to be able to pay for this. I mean, it's going to if, if we stopped tomorrow, it would still require a lot more extra, either either extra tax or slashing services that the, that the government provides. It's not going to be easy to pay back, and we've only been doing it for a few weeks. They're now talking about doing it 
for months and months. And, you know, it's something like, I think it's just under 60% of the country is is affected by this, you know, is, is being paid by the states at the moment. Where's the money going to come from? You know, and, and the longer the longer these schemes are around, uh, the more people are, are going to use them, the more businesses are going to go under. We talked last time about the furlough trap in that it's not in anybody's interest uh, to, to end the furlough scheme if you're on it, if you're like an individual working for a company, um, or even potentially if you're a company owner yourself and, and the furlough scheme is the only thing that keeps you going, you might be saying to your employees, look, we're going on this scheme, you're going to get paid by furlough, but please can you carry on doing the work as well? If we don't, I know this isn't great, but if we don't do this, we're going under and then you're out of work, I'm out of work, everybody's out of work. Um, so there's a definite furlough trap there. But I'm just, I'm just worried about the sheer scale of the economic catastrophe that's just, it's like a slow motion car crash where you kind of see it, you know, and, and it's just happening day after day after day. And nobody seems to be noticing it at all. There's, there's no, you know, not, not from either side, not from people who are, you know, who are normally on the left and, or, or normally on the right. Everyone just seems to think this is some fantastic idea. And no one is saying, hang on a second, how can we afford this? How is, how is Britain ever going to be able to pay this, pay this money back? I mean, think how much of the debt that we've paid off in the last kind of 10 years since 2010. It's not, you know, it's, we've managed to inflate away a, a fair amount, but actually getting the deficit under control still isn't. Um, we've still got a huge, we've still got trillions of, you know, in, in this debt mountain. How, how is, you know, we're, we're never going to pay it off. Well, we're never going to pay this it off is... to your kids and your kids' kids. Yes, well, this is this is World War scale debt, isn't it? Absolutely. And so, actually, the country has only relatively recently just paid off its its war debt, its last war debts. Yeah, it was only a few years ago, wasn't it? And and so, when you talk about children, children's children, you know, we are the children's children of the people in the Second World War. And so we have been paying off that debt, uh, and it's yeah, it's it's our grandkids that are going to be paying this one off. So bloody brilliant! But what about what about the next one that comes along? And what if it's actually serious and it's not yes. something that you know that, that affects a tiny minority of people? It's something that you know. It, it, what if it's another Spanish flu, for example? What what yes. happens then? Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the chances of uh, you're more likely to die of drowning if you're under 45 yeah. than you are of COVID-19. Uh, under 60, um, I believe, actually. Is it under 60? Under 60. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, you're it's more incredible. likely, you'll like this one. Uh, uh, I think I've got this right. You're more likely if you're under 19 to die of trying to put on your trousers. <laughs> the, the, there, there are a number of recorded deaths from attempting to trouser oneself in 2019, and it exceeds the number of deaths from COVID-19. That's ridiculous. For, yeah, yeah, it's great. That's a great one. I, I watched a little video of someone laying out, laying this stuff out. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, and it's worth knowing. This is the perspective you need. And and well, so look, there there are some skeptics. It's it's a small bunch of us, but there are there are some skeptics. There are some fairly vocal ones. I mean, it's, it's certainly nothing you particularly see on the mainstream media. Although a colleague of mine said that a couple of days ago, um, Lord Sumption, who I've read a couple of his 
his articles recently, and he seemed very sound. You know, former Supreme Court judge, all that kind of, you know, law lord type guy. Um, uh, and he was on PM on Radio 4 and was very coolly and calmly and succinctly just laying out basically the stupidity of the of the law surrounding the lockdown and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So there, there are people getting on there. Um, there's also um, lockdownskeptics.org. I was just about, I was just about to stop you and say while we're talking about lockdown skeptics, why don't we give the why don't we give the website a shout out? Yep. So it's absolutely worth plugging. This is um, Toby Young's uh, new site, lockdownskeptics.org, spelt either the US or the UK way. Um, and we like this site a lot because it's got a, a proper. Um, in fact, this is a great example of news aggregation, of information aggregation by by a person, an editor. In this case, um, in this case, Toby Young, um, to pull together a lot of stats, a lot of analysis, uh, and a lot of reports that are that are not really making it onto mainstream media because uh, because it's seen to be somehow. Uh, you know, against the prevailing narrative. Um, and the good news is after the the website got very, very busy, basically as a result of the Neil Ferguson um, revelations um, and the publishing of the review of the code base for Neil Ferguson's disastrous computer model, um, the web server got very, very busy but fortunately, the good people of Sounding Board stepped in and now it's hosted on our platform. And I'm very proud to say that it's now running absolutely fine. There's an immense amount of headroom now because the Sounding Board platform uh, is, is, a, is a very good one. Yeah, that's fantastic, and it's and it's a, yeah, as we say, it's it's a great site. Um, I think I'm pretty sure Toby himself writes an article every day where he just ag- where literally he every day of the week, every day, including put, weekends, bank holidays, everything. Yeah, and he he he'll put down links of articles and and podcasts and and different things that that, that he likes, um, and you can just kind of go and see like a a reflection of the day's news from from a skeptic's point of view. So yeah, well worth well worth a shout out. Absolutely. Um, so the regulations, I've, I've been saying for ages in the run-up to the announcement on Sunday, it's like a, a lot of this means nothing if they don't change the regulations, okay? Well, well that, that was that was my point on Sunday night when I when I did hear, like, you know, briefly what he'd said. It's like, <laughs> unless the regulations change, nothing has changed because he could he, you can change the way that you talk and everything he said could have actually applied to the old regulations. Yes. Um, so, well, and, yeah. Interestingly, you should put that because I felt that the vast majority of things that he said in his speech were already covered in the existing regulations. That's exactly what I mean. And and there were a couple of small exceptions which have been addressed, not least of which are the increased fines that you mentioned. But even at the dispatch box in the Commons, and it is, I mean, it really is an odd scene now where you just have a shot of him on his own without anyone sat around him or the odd shot of the chamber with like three or four people. It is, it is a bit eerie. Um, but what he said um, under, I, th- I think he said it under questioning from, um, from Keir Starmer. So um, Keir Starmer had five minutes to put a load of questions. 
I think I watched that and I think his his response to that, but I didn't watch any other MPs asking. And and what he said was basically we want you know what we're trying to do is get people to follow the original guidance, the original regulations. When we say people need to to go to work in the industries where they can, that's because they were always allowed to. And I thought it was very interesting. And likewise, the um the meeting up with someone from another household. Gatherings of two have never been against the regulations. It's more than two. So the idea that you can meet up with someone from another household, that was already there. Um, and so the only real additions, excluding the increased fines, um, are the explicit um, exemptions regarding being outside for... Recreational purposes, yeah, and you're now you're now allowed to drive somewhere to do some exercise because b- before they were. Um, That's not, not in sure. the regulations, and it never was. And this is the point: it, it ah, never was. Thought, you weren't banned from driving. No, I know, but I think I think the overzealous <laughs> police officers were were kind of clamping down on that one. But they that's the point. So I thought I thought I thought there was an addition to the regulation. Doesn't say uh, anything to, about driving to, there. To, to clarify that, right? I don't. Okay. Well, I don't think it does. I've got it. I've got it open here. Um, so before it was to take exercise alone or with one of the member of your household. So in fact, they have added or with one member of another household. So that's under exercise. The additional clause B A as opposed to B for exercise is to visit a public open space for the purposes of open air recreation to promote their physical or mental health or emotional well-being alone with one or more members of the household or with one member of another household can we just can we just talk for a moment about how how kind of orwellian that is I mean, that, I mean getting... all of it's orwellian but i, yeah, but I, that, I know what you're saying in particular is just real thought police stuff it doesn't matter that you're visiting an open public space we need to know what's inside your head because you might be breaking the law depending on what your thoughts are this is thought crime there's no two ways about it you are not allowed to visit an open space for any other purpose other than what is mentioned here and yeah, to promote to promote like what if I want to? What if I want to go to an open space because I feel like being a bit down on myself? <laughs> it's it, it's if I want to. If I maybe I maybe I just maybe I just want to feel a bit bit down. I want to I want to I want to go and feel depressed outside. I, I'm not allowed right. to do that because it doesn't promote my well being. Uh, it's 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 crazy. Um... It's utter utter nonsense. Um, but here's something. Okay, that so. Because yeah, you mentioned there about police being overzealous and it not being what's in the regulations, okay? And so for now, let's just use the let's just say law to mean that, okay? Um, there's the government guidance, which they've got a whole website section on gov.uk where it explains in more detail what what they think people should do and what they're instructing people should do, and the original set of pages. They weren't bad. I think I've said this before. You can tell they've been written by different people. So sometimes you get a bit of a clash of terminology. Even something as simple as the term key worker has changed to key worker, essential worker, and critical worker. And it's like, seriously, could you guys not agree on one word? Just one word to use for worker, and then we'll put that on all the pages. It would not take a lot. But in general, they were pretty easy to read, pretty too easy to understand. The new stuff that's come out over the last 48 hours 
regarding stay alert and all the other stuff is so much more difficult to read. So in fact, what we've missed, we've missed there the announcement of the, so what he did on the commons was this 50 page document. Yeah. The 50 page, I think Keir Starmer called it a command paper. I love that. I love that term. Um, <laughs> um, they, they love anything authoritarian, <laughs> don't they? They love it. Exactly. But I also, for my sins, I've read that document. Okay. The moment it came out, I read that document because again, in terms of school and in terms of running the business, I need to know. I need to know what's being said. In fact, I need to find the loopholes. I need to find the 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 you know the specific exceptions and and everything to make sure I can do things right. And it's a terrible document. So I, I know you haven't read that. If you haven't watched any of the other stuff, I know you haven't no. read this document. Okay. But Put it this way, if if one of my if a member of my staff had given me this document, okay, then I would say that's a first draft, okay. Now go and cut it in half. In fact, having read through it, I'd say cut this document down by seventy five percent. It's it's that bad. This document is fifty pages where it could have been. Five, okay. Is it, that, is it that bad? It's it's awful, and there's nothing really in it. Is it basically just repeats his speech again and again, and and puts a bit more language around it. But but it's it's frankly meaningless. And so uh, yeah, on Monday I was thinking that'll have everything I need in it. No, it doesn't. So then I've got to wait for the web pages to update. Then you start seeing seeing stuff um, that uh, that is that is important, I suppose. But. Um, what I want to talk about next is the difference between the law regulations and the government guidance. So, do you want to pour yourself a scotch? Because I think, yeah, sure. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna need. I've I'm got need one. I've not drunk this for ages. I've got uh, Ben Romack. Ben Romack. Ben yeah, Romack? yeah. I can recognise the bottle. Bayside. And um, what have you got today? Uh, I've got Loch Lomond, uh, the Tintin whiskey. Ah, Tintin whiskey, um, excellent. Yeah, see, I did a little bit of research into this, um, and apparently, so as I, as I mentioned in a in a previous podcast, yeah, um, yeah, Tintin used to it used to have, uh, I think it used to have Johnny Walker in there, uh, and then they they didn't want to kind of advertise anything, so they just kind of blanked out so the whiskey the, bottles. And then they later invented on, it, did they? Or oh, later right. on, later on, yeah, he invented Loch Lomond. Um, but in the and then there's now Loch Lomond whiskey. But apparently, in the same year, the distillery uh, kind of came into being. But it was just a coincidence. Oh, really? So they, so they ended up kind of advertising what they thought was like a, a, a fake, a fake made-up whiskey, generic was, whiskey. Yeah, but it but it was actually uh, it was actually being made at, at that point. So this is uh, yes, yeah, is a ten year old Loch Lomond. Well, uh, your, health, your sir. health, sir. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so you, you're going to need this now. Um, well, no, it's not that bad. Um, I want to talk about the difference between the regulations and, and the and the guidance, because what um, what we've been very very clear about ourselves, and we even you know basically laminated a copy of the regs to make sure that we always knew what to say if we got stopped by a copper, you know, somewhere completely legitimate, like out in a park, um, and the you know, the simple things about exercising more than once a day and all that kind of stuff. Nothing in the regs about that. Just a change in the government language. But even the government web pages never said that um, 
that you can only do it more than once. Interestingly, I'm not sure we mentioned this before, the Welsh regulations um, did say it. They were much more draconian. They actually said that you're only allowed to go out for exercise once a day. So if you trip over the border into Wales, then uh, yeah, you get you get treated with different rules, which I think is yeah, just interesting anyway. But well, I, I was so I was I was having conversations about this because the company, the tech company that I work for, are Welsh. They're based in Cardiff. Ah. Um, so I was saying it's okay, it's okay. Uh, you can go out as much as you like. It doesn't. They're saying no, we can't. As you like, and they're saying no, you can't. That's just you. <laughs> we can't. We can't do that. And, and with the announcements uh, at the weekend as well, I was saying you know it's not much, but there are you know there there, there, there are a couple of couple of small changes. And they're saying no, not for us. So not I don't for them. I and this is something that puzzles me because I I thought Boris Johnson was a prime minister of Great Britain, yeah, uh, and, and and Northern Ireland, you know, the, the United Kingdom. Um, so why why are Wales any different from uh, from Scotland from England? I mean, Wales are, they're, they're, Wales are a principality anyway. Aren't they? It's not, not even, a, even real a real country anyway. <laughs> um, so I don't understand why you know why the law isn't the law of all the land. Well. So there obviously has been a devolution of powers and the setup of, I mean, they call it an assembly in Wales and they call it a parliament in Scotland. I mean, whatever. But isn't it interesting if the types of powers, I mean, they don't have foreign policy powers, they have very minimal tax raising powers and all this kind of stuff, but they can lock everyone in their homes? Like, what? Who sorted that out? What what kind of devolution settlement is that? I I, I think it's insane. Uh, does this mean that the Welsh at any time could have locked up their people, and Boris Johnson or any UK Prime Minister could have done nothing about it? I think so. That, that must be that must be what happens. Uh, it just it just sounds it sounded crazy, like you say, that they have they have these powers and not really much else at all. They have all these really important, serious powers about over people's freedom, but not the other stuff. Mental. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it is. Utterly mental. Right, okay. So, two metres. Two metres. The ter- the, even, even that term, two metres, must be said I, way more than ever. Yeah, right I, I, don't, I don't use two metres. Um, we're we're British. Six we're not feet? French. Six I, feet? I, I, yeah, I tend to say six foot six. Um, but, yeah, so, what's it, the WHO guidance? A meter, I believe. One, one meter, yeah. Which is what's been a... adopted by a number of countries, just yeah, not us, a... because they don't trust us. It's just it's it's arbitrary. I mean, in America, they're saying six feet, aren't they? Um, yeah, the best one, and I never thought I'd say this. Um, is use this country. I mean, I've been using this country as an example for a while, um, which has been a shock to me. That Sweden, yeah, Sweden is use your common sense. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they said. Use your <laughs> yeah. common sense. You know, right. If you can, if you can, if you can, if you can stay a couple of meters or you know six or six or whatever, then fine. If not, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to break you over it. Um. So can they break us over here for it? Well, I don't. I don't remember seeing anything in the regulations or the law about that. It is at not all. in there at all. I couldn't believe it was like an hour before we started recording this podcast that it actually dawned on me that. And it was when reading about, you know, meeting up with someone from another household, there's absolutely no mention of social distancing. Social distancing is not in any regulations. 
That's just a, it's a guideline, isn't it? I think. Well, so why are we following any of the guidance? Why aren't we just following the regulations? Yeah. Well, so you yeah. and I, to, to, in, in terms of letter of the law, in terms of what a policeman could uh, or police lady could fine us for, I can go and meet up with you, give you a big hug, do some exercise, and then come home again. And nobody can stop us or fine us for doing that whatsoever. As long as we're promoting our well-being. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's true. Point. I'm not sure whether giving you a hug would promote my well-being at all. <laughs> Don't be like that. <laughs> um, but uh, it, 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 I, I just thought that was really interesting. The, the, the concept of the two-metre rule, um, whether it's in a workplace or whether it's outside or, or in a shop, um, it's not underpinned by statute at all. It's not underpinned by these regulations or any regulations. So if you, you can't get fined for getting too close to someone, um, and 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 basically that's that. Uh, yeah, the size of the gathering is what the regulations talk about. Um, yeah, they so don't I, talk about distance. No, because I made I made I made the mistake again because I remember making the mistake of of believing. The initial speech that Boris Johnson gave about yep. saying you could go out for an hour and thinking that's that's ridiculous, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk it. I'm not gonna go on a long bike ride. And then you pointed me into the direction of the the regulations. Said, look, there's nothing in there about that. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I made the same mistake, assuming that the two meter rule. Same. So did um, I. Was was in there um, without without it, scrutinizing it, but it's it's not at all. And and it's just not. And so my advice to anyone would be, read the regulations. Don't read the government guidance. At all. Follow the regulations if you don't want to get fined. Frankly, if you're willing to spend up to £3,000 or whatever it is, the maximum fine for repeated offences, if you get caught, that is, um, then do what the hell you like. They, they can't put you in prison for it. They can just take you home. Is it is it £3,000 for every offence after that, though? Um, You'd have to be pretty rich to be able to do that. I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, are you saying? Are you saying there's a class war going on here? <laughs> I th- yeah, I think I think if you're a multimillionaire, you can get away carte, with this. You've got carte blanche to uh, to do whatever to do whatever you like. Yeah. Is, so that is anyone making that point? Because I, I genuinely think that's a valid point. You can spend your way out of this. You can break the rules, and you can just keep paying the fines. It is the well, it is the purview of the rich. That's that's the the that's the reason that left wingers tend to be against these sorts of fines because they have they have other things like that in uh in countries around speeding tickets you know you can just you know you can get bigger and bigger fines but you don't get points in your license you don't get banned if you if you're caught doing 14 or 30 10 times in the same week that's fine you just kind of pay the fine um and people are saying oh it's just it's just a, a license for the rich to speed um and so well, this the, is yeah. a license for the rich to do what they like to to not yeah exactly exactly yeah um it's 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 crazy but yeah i, I made the same mistake and um it's uh i wonder how many i wonder how many kind of police officers will will actually know the legislation because I, I i bet you that they will think that that is that is within the law so yeah um well yeah. i think they will think you're not following the government guidance and therefore it gives us the right to to enforce that you do um and I say, well, take me to court then. I'll, I'll bring out my phone with a copy of the latest regulations and say, can you point me to, to where it says that, please? If not, on your bike. 
Yeah, and and, and even um, and and it's you know how how are they are they, are they all are they all have they got tape measures? Have they got tape? How do how are they going to tell? How do they prove that you were standing one and a half meters away from me thirty seconds ago uh, and not two meters now? You know how how do they do that? It's, so the other it's so unenforceable other, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and that's, so, that's 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 one of the requirements for for making a law. And this is probably why it isn't a law is that a law has to be enforceable. It yes. has to be enforceable. Um, yes. Well, I would argue that these regulations aren't enforceable, but that's you know that's a different matter, I suppose. Um, another exception that I hadn't really put two and two together on. We mentioned this a few weeks ago um, when they made the original set of amendments to it to kind of close up some loopholes, but then they just created some new ones at the same time, if you remember. Um, but actually, if you were to travel to my house to exercise then there's nothing that says you can't do that. So does that mean you can come around and we can lift weights in my garage? Yes. I mean, that's that's unlikely. Um, Why? But, uh, <laughs> because we haven't done it before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, you know, I, I, that, that's not something I particularly care about. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, but, but feasibly, feasibly you could do that. Yeah. It, it, it you know it talks about not being outside of your house except for, but it doesn't specifically say that you can't do it at someone else's house. It just says to take exercise. See what I'm getting at? Yeah. See what I'm getting at? And then there's a separate one saying you can use a public open space. And again, they're very clear on defining what a public open space means, even though, frankly, why? Oh, right. So you and I. Social distance, two meters aside, you and I are legally allowed to walk independently to our local park and stand and have a chat. And let's say we stay two meters apart so that, as in, as of, as of today, as of Wednesday, with this change, you and I are legally allowed to go stand there, have a chat, and the police can no longer say, uh, uh, keep moving. We're allowed to stand there and have a chat, Okay. So my my question with this is, if it, if we can do this in a public open space, why can't we do it in a private open space? And why can't you come round to my garden, hence, have a cup of tea, and have a chat? Why can we not do that? Hence exactly why I brought it up. But you cannot, according to the law, stand, not on the road, but on my garden, regardless of the distance away from me that you are. You can't, you can't do that according to this in open space. Okay, what about apart from when I just said, in fact, that that exception? If we were to start doing star jumps at that point, okay. Well, this, okay, this, so this is this is my this is my brain trying to get around this 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 ridiculous law. Breathing exercises. We're doing a breathing exercise. <laughs> Which breathing exercise? Breathing. <laughs> so I, I think I think we could. Uh, I think standing, we found another loophole. Like, st- yes. Standing that that requires energy. I mean, should we debate what exercise means? Let alone, I am exercising my mind. How many? I mean, yeah. How many? How many calories per hour do you need to be burning in order for this? To, Your brain burns calories. Of course it does. 
Well, I mean, the more muscle you have on your body, the more you'll burn calories just by existing. You don't even have to do anything. You know, bodybuilders. I'm not going to burn strong... many calories then. <laughs> the bodybuilders and strongmen build, you know, burn thousands and thousands of calories yeah. a day, even if they don't go to the gym, because they've got so much muscle, which is just burning, you know, so much energy just 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 by being alive. So we can agree once more. It's just all nonsense. I mean, this is this says nothing for the fact that we are so far down the other side of this peak that it's got well we agreed the other day where well, it's got it's got a matter of weeks basically left for it to, for, for there to be you know meaningful numbers of deaths per day it's going down all the time we're we're very much on the other side of this and yet they've basically not changed anything yeah and it, but, it, but if you look at if you look at the figure so i can't remember the exact date where we had our absolute peak it was something like was it april, april the 8th yeah april the 8th okay um so april the 8th if you look at when these people would have got infected you know kind of two or three weeks prior to that that was around the time you know so 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 the 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 the, um uh that was i think before or just the start of the lockdown um well i was about to say to you what about where we the the infamous r number do you know when that went below one whilst we were social distancing yeah it went down uh one two three four uh, four days before the lockdown was declared. Yeah, see that 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 that's my point. In that the, the uh, we could already you know we, we could already see the effects of social. Yeah, brilliant. We could already see the effects of uh, of, of social distancing. Yeah. Uh, so that was what reduced the uh, you know the, reduced the number of deaths and got us got us over the peak without yep. having these draconian regulations in place. So it's uh, well, know, they, but the they, social distancing, the two meters, they also didn't need the regulations in place. There are no regulations in place to keep people two metres apart. Yeah, that was that was just pure, pure, pure state government guidance. Yes. Um, and and that, was got, that, that was what got, got us past the peak. The hand-washing, uh, the, the hand-washing exercise. Yeah. Saying to people, you need to keep washing your hands, wash your surfaces, all that kind of stuff. That's what did it. You, you didn't, we didn't need the lockdown. But again, I think we're on record for saying we didn't need the lockdown. Now... There's a couple of angles I want to take now here. One is on schools, but then if I just want to park for your brain for a moment, which we'll come back to, is the idea that there's going to be huge economic damage whether there's a lockdown or not. So that's what I want to come back to, okay? But I want to talk about schools for a minute because I've got two kids. One of them is in foundation stage what we used to call reception the very first year you spend in school and that's one of the years that is being touted as you know conditionally if boris thinks everything's going right we'll go back to school on june the first and so the schools haven't had anything earlier than any than any of us they got this guidance the same time as us and i read it basically the same time our head teacher did. And I read it to try and make sure I understood exactly how far they were going to go. But actually, it's not that bad. Okay? Of all of the documents I've read, and I've been scathing about these documents over the past few minutes, the one on education settings, as as documents go, isn't that bad. Pretty easy to understand. And actually... 
in terms of social distancing and stuff like that, it actually makes a, 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 a reasonable amount of sense. It's not asking the schools to do things that are just so batshit crazy that that you just couldn't possibly send your kids there. However, it's now been 24, 48 hours since that guidance came out. We've now had communication from the school and they've gone a bit crazy. And I want to I want to be clear. I I'm a big supporter of our local school. It is a, it is a local, you know, state school, primary school only. It's got a, it's got it's got a double intake. So it's a decent size. It's got, you know, 60 kids per year. And I've always thought they were very good as government schools go. Yeah, I'll put that caveat in because they are hampered by the curriculum that they have to set and etc 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 refer you to previous podcasts on education <laughs> but in general i think they're i think they're really good i think they they have a good attitude to to stuff and i think they've handled so far us in the run up to going on lockdown and closing the schools and then during it they've been great they've been setting work for the kids emailing us every day sending videos of the teachers reading stories and doing things with them they've been engaging the teachers have rung up to speak to the kids. In all honesty, I, I think it's I think it's been really good. But they've lost their heads. They've completely lost their heads. I don't know how much of this is the teaching unions. I hear stuff about the teaching unions and unions in general being a bit crazy. But the long and the short of it is they want to go way, way further than the guidance suggests. Now, bear in mind that the guidance is also not law. <laughs> so they wouldn't be breaking the law even if they didn't follow the guidance, even if they didn't follow the, the, the measures as stringent as they are, but they want to go further. Um, and in fact, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try and bring up the page um, which has some information on it because I feel it's important to read very specifically the overarching message about primary schools. Okay, I mean, it it sounds just while you're looking that up, it's 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 cr- the the rules or the the guidance around education is is crazier than anything else on the basis that there's yes. never been any evidence yes. that it's ever been passed between a child and an adult. Even the WHO say this, and, and, and yeah, absolutely, and and also in, in the same way that we quoted the statistics about you know dying while putting on your trousers. That that's the territory we're in, in terms of children. Yep. Have have some children died of COVID nineteen? Yes, I think they have. The numbers are tiny, but they all had underlying health conditions, I believe. And also, it's tragic. There are children that that die. That 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 is that is what happens. You don't need COVID nineteen to get these numbers. But let me just read to you a couple of the paragraphs here because I think it's really important. As I say, it's the it's the primary age side of things that I think is important. This is under a, a heading, class or group sizes. We know that unlike older children and adults, early years and primary age children cannot be expected to remain two metres apart from each other and staff. In deciding to bring more children back to early years and schools, we are taking this into account. 
Okay, that's the first opening statement. They are saying, we don't expect you to keep kids two metres apart from either the staff or from each other. That's so important, isn't it? I mean, think about the, the, the things you want to teach your kids and the environment you want to bring your kids up in. Do you want to be telling them off for going near, near one another? You, re- you really don't, do you? Especially not for four and five-year-olds. You're going to stop them from going up and giving their kid a hug or whatever, or sitting next to them and playing with the same toys. That's I mean, that's can, not a world I like. No, no, but it, it depends on how they're going to tackle it. They're going to tackle it by saying, we're all fine, we're going to let the kids play around and everything will be fine because the, the, the chances of anything happening are, n- are nil. That will be fine. But if they're saying, we know they're not going to be able to, um, you know, to, to stay two metres apart so that they can't come in. Well, no. So, so again, so what they're saying is um, they should follow a hierarchy of measures. Okay, Ob- obviously, top of the list: avoid contact with anyone with symptoms. And so, all the same rules of if somebody has symptoms, you send them home. You know, practical stuff like that that obviously makes sense. Frequent hand cleaning, good respiratory hygiene practices, regular cleaning of the settings themselves, um, and obviously minimizing mixing. Minimizing. This is different. Minimizing not eliminating okay and so it goes on to talk about reducing the contact between people so even though it said said outwardly we don't expect kids to stay two meters away from each other but we're going to minimize things and this is how and so i quote again for primary schools classes should normally be split in half with no more than 15 pupils per small group and one teacher, and if needed, a teaching assistant. If there are any shortage of teachers, then teaching assistants can be allocated to lead a group working under the direction of a teacher. Okay? And it says desks should be spaced out as far as possible. Doesn't say get a tape measure out. It says keep the groups to 15 and keep the desks apart. I mean, in foundation, they don't even have any desks. You know they're playing and they're learning in, in groups on the carpet and stuff like that. So what, what what's your what's your school done then? How's your school interpreted this? Oh man, right. So because um, that's what I'm interested in. So they've been specific in saying that everybody, staff and pupils, should socially distance at two meters, which it doesn't say. They there's they, I mean they, they, I could quote further and further in this document. For example, it talks about. Um, Obviously, don't don't send all the kids out at lunch together at the same time. You know, stagger start and finish times, stagger lunch breaks, and even then it says, you know, maybe keep your lunch hall at half capacity. So, of course, you can have more than one group in there at a time, but have them go in and out at different times. Likewise, you know, internally moving within the school, don't do it all at once. But it explicitly says the risk of passing it on while passing someone in the corridor is extremely low. Yet, what our school wants to do, keep all desks two metres apart. The only way to do that is to have groups of no more than 10 in a single classroom, not 15. So based on that, they can't even... They they can barely manage three years of the school uh, within, within their setting, within their school. Not not all the years. Even though that one of the other things that's been announced is they want to try and get what the government wants to try and do is get all primary school children back for a month before the summer holidays. 
Okay, so it starts with the three years, but they want to try and get everyone back for a month. Yeah, so why why aren't they cancelling school holidays? Oh, tell me about it's it. What's well, teachers it's unions? Not, you know, it's, it's not rocket not like science, is it? They don't they don't it's not like they don't get enough holidays it is. I mean they are they are I think they're, they're, they must be technically part time teachers. You know, they get so many so many weeks off a year, they work between Look, half I don't want to turn this in day. I don't want they, to turn this into a general in, in teacher in the real band. world. <laughs> I don't want to turn this into a general teacher bashing, okay? I don't, I, there's, there's not the time. I'm not, I'm of, not bashing them. I'm just, I just think I should acknowledge that they're part-time workers. Well, well, quite. Um, but the point is here, minimise, not eliminate. Yeah? It says passing in the corridor is extremely low risk. Yet what, the, what, what, the, what our local school is talking about is not using the corridors in some way, you know, not letting any more than one group go in at the same time and socially distancing while they're doing it. They're talking about the children themselves, keeping the children, including foundation. I mean, they've even, they've acknowledged they've got no idea how they're going to do it yet for foundation, but keeping foundation children, these are four and five-year-olds away from each other. When again, when you go into the detail of this document, which is not particularly difficult to read, it talks about keeping, and, and they've, they've had this guidance for, for workplaces, cohorting, they call it. If you're in a team, if you have to be close together, do it in the same team every day and don't mix the teams up because then if one of you gets it, you're likely to only pass it to those people in the team rather than spread it further. And this is the same thing they're saying with these groups of up to 15. You stick together in your group of 15. Don't have that group of 15 mixed with another group of 15. And in fact, try, and even then it says where possible, try not to share a teacher or a teaching assistant between those groups. But even then it says where possible. And yet what the school is saying is we cannot possibly have children two meet, uh, yeah, closer than two metres to each other or a teacher. It's I, I mean, I, absolutely I, ludicrous. I worry about the kind of things like the psychological damage that's going to do to kids, to four and five year olds. Um, you know, and, and that it probably has done already. You know, they're, they're not seeing the, they're not seeing the, 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 you know, their aunts and uncles, their grandparents, their friends, their peers. You know, these are these are really informative times for young children in particular. Um, I feel I feel very sorry for um, families with uh, with one child actually, at the moment. Uh, yeah, that... who, who, who perhaps live in tenements or flats and don't have gardens. Oh, certainly. Uh, the know. fact that we've got a garden, I mean, I, you know, you came and obviously helped me build the uh, the climbing frame, which I ordered fairly early on in exercise. the lockdown. It was, it was exercise to promote my well-being, I think you'll find. That wasn't part of the regulations then, but never mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, our outside space has been a godsend. But actually, early on, what we you know, what we looked at, we looked at the regs, and we go out, we go out as often as we can during the day because there was nothing in the law um, against it. But but our kids, they're two and a half years apart, same distance apart that, that you know that we are, and and they've actually bonded a lot more. You know, they they were they were fierce friends anyway, but actually their relationship has really has really blossomed during this period. That's not an excuse for the lockdown. Let me be very, very clear. No, and it could have it could have gone it, totally it one way or the other, wasn't it? I bet there are other other kids who perhaps have exactly. a reasonable relationship, and it's gone completely exactly. south. So. But going back to the psychological damage caused, not by the lockdown, but by those school arrangements. Frankly, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that it would be like being in a prison block. That it's more like a concentration camp than a school. Okay, and I'll I'll back that up. Okay, I, I honestly 
I think that trying to keep five-year-olds two meters apart from each other and not allowed to play with the same toys, I think is is criminal, frankly. And and for that reason, I am not sending my kids back there. Yeah, fair enough. That's, uh, that was going to be the question that, that I was going to ask you because I, I I wouldn't want to do the I wouldn't want to do that anyway. And, and I, so there's been... no way. I think I think that I think that my son. So he's he'll be eight in about a week. And you know, oh, it's been lockdown birthday season for us. Uh, you know, the two families combined. Um, but it's his birthday next week. It's bad enough that we can't celebrate it with his friends. We're going to try and do what we can to have a party here in the house. Um, I think, I think he'd be okay. You know, at age eight, you're kind of you're kind of yourself by then. Yeah, who you are is kind of who you are by that point. And I think he would also understand because he's a clever guy what is going on and how it's not forever. But you do that to a four-year-old or a five-year-old, I just think that's dangerous. I don't want to know what that generation will turn out like if that's what you do to them. So they can they can take their school and, and they can keep it for themselves because if that's how they're going back, I, I, I would, frankly, I've got no problems with the school there. The classes are half the size to start with and you go back in 15s, and you've got to wash your hands a lot, and we'll stagger the start and finish times. Fine. Uh, they okay, can actually go absolutely go back. If you can do all this other stuff, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I've been so I've been I've been struggling with with um, with your kids, particularly Leo, I think, um, because he's been, you know, I remember when I went round there, and he's been kind of asking questions, and he came a couple of times when he came up to give me a hug, and I, I just. And I remember thinking, why am I doing this? And, and, and the re- so I had, to, I had to kind of think the reason I'm doing it is because I don't want I don't want him to get in trouble with his friends. If I say, if, if you or I say, don't worry about this, it's all rubbish. The government don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um. I, I, I think he's a little bit young to be, you know, to, for us to be kind of kind of having those kind of conversations. Well, you see, that's um, an interesting point, isn't but it? I, I, I certainly but... didn't want to have that have that conversation with him without talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I thank you for that. Um. But also, I, I struggle. I struggle with all of this because we have our views, and they are very much minority views. But they are they are based on a lot of thoughts and a lot of understanding, and the counter arguments to those views are based on general brainwashing from birth, culturally, society, the, the whole the whole works, and. And so I want, I surely as early as possible, <laughs> we should be educating my children I mean, on I what think... this means. I mean, I, I drop this stuff in all the time. I, I, am, I am very clear about when I talk about the government. And I, I am being, I am saying we can't do things at the moment because the government says so. But I am not, I'm not saying government good. I'm also, I'm not saying government bad either, but I am, I am trying to place government in a in a in a context with them to say yeah, I mean, we're told it, to do this. I don't agree with it, but we're being told to do this. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that I think we could you know I guess if we could if we could perhaps portray the government in a neutral light, maybe. I mean that's not at not, not that's, good, that's, not, that's not what yeah. you or I think, but at least we're not saying it's it would a good be thing. a start, wouldn't it? And and also just teach them to question things, to question yes. everything. Um, yes. So they're not, we're not just saying the government is bad because we say so and don't question it. Come to these conclusions. On totally. Your 
have a think about this and do you actually think this is a good or, or a bad idea you know based on first principles and and your, on your own thoughts about this yeah um, but yeah I've, I've been struggling because i just wanted to give him a hug and say you know what no kid has ever passed this on well, to an adult or vice versa let's so let alone rubbish let alone the fact that you know at that point there we'd been locked down for however many bloody weeks and so clearly you and i do not did not have it um oh yeah do not do not have it so why why are we why are we bothering anymore you know peterborough doesn't have it you know the numbers are are statistically basically zero so what's the point of any of this yeah it's crazy and and you know and and i i think it was a, it was a saturday i came around and i hadn't that was the first time i'd i'd gone out and actually met anyone um, well since, and to be and you know since, since the week before so you know i've been going shopping for for us and for mum and dad yeah uh, on like a saturday uh, you know saturday afternoon i'll go to waitrose and do the shopping uh and that was you know other than kind of going out for the odd bike ride or whatever or, or kind of popping outside for some exercise um that was the only time i'd ever gone to the shops and seen anyone other than my wife um yeah so i didn't have any symptoms so you know i hadn't had it you had been exactly the same but you, know, you did what, bring round you did bring round a delicious takeaway biryani which we then consumed in my kitchen we did but so that was very much breaking the spirit and the letter of all of the laws so i just want to be oh, okay. i want to be okay. i just want to be i just want to be on record that we we did that <laughs> i know we're not getting together now for our podcast <laughs> but we did that and screw you I'd yeah. forgotten. I'd forgotten about the biryani. Yeah. It, was, it was very nice, though, wasn't it? It was. It was. So, but hang on, hang on a second. Hang on. What? What is? What is wrong? So these 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 places. And so I, I bought I bought that from an Indian restaurant that I've been using for you know for a couple of years. The, the, you know the, the the best Indian restaurant in in Peterborough. For, for, We've been back opinion. there since for a takeaway. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very very good. Um, Should so, we plug Desi now for those who are in the Peterborough area? Oh yeah, if there we go. It, I just, it, it, I just did. Um, so you're allowed to get, you're allowed to get takeaway food, yep. and you're allowed to, you're allowed to. Let, let me check the regulations here. You're, you're allowed to deliver basic necessities, including food and medical supplies. Yeah. Um, oh, so that's what you did. You were enforcing, in yeah. upholding the law. So the I, fact okay, that so you came to deliver food. You okay? So one, one of you has to be a vulnerable person. You're only allowed to. Whatever, hang on a minute. But are you saying that the well, takeaways can only deliver to vulnerable people? Well, no. So I can, I can, I can, I can obtain basic necessities for myself. Um, but I think, as a as a, as a non business, this is why the regulations. Oh, is just stop rubbish, it. Just they? stop it. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. You delivered me a curry. We ate it together. It was lovely. <laughs> we should do it again as often as we bloody well can. That, yeah, that's yeah, the way. Yeah. Anyway, right. So going back to thought, what I've been thinking about, uh, well, other than starting a school in my front garden of 15 children, including my own, and inviting people that also don't want to send their children back to the concentration camp style learning experience, if you want to call it that, that will ruin our children. Um, I've been thinking about this, the, the economic damage and the and the moral side of obviously of, of of the lockdowns, and most the vast majority of skeptics argue against um, the lockdown for economic reasons, and I think for 
the associated indirect deaths, the other health reasons for it. But they don't actually do it on particularly moral grounds. In fact, a lot of them will say, I think actually there are extenuating circumstances, times of war, stuff like that, where our liberties can be removed. <laughs> and I mean, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I know that you don't. But we always come back to Sweden. We always come back to Sweden as an example where they didn't need to put it on the statute book. They didn't need to put a gun to people's head. They didn't need to threaten them with fines to get them to, to change things. Not, not Well, and not least of which, they also didn't change the rule. It's not like they said, right, we're not going to put it in law, but you'd better not do anything we don't like. You know, they've not banned gatherings of, you know, 50 people and stuff like that, have they? Uh, they've not closed restaurants. They've said, as you said, use your common sense. Now, do you think that Sweden is going to suffer, not an economic collapse, but do you think it's going to have a significant slowdown, recession, you know, whatever whatever you want to call it? Yeah, for sure, everybody is. Everybody is because the, 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 everyone in the world is worried about this. So there, there's... There, 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 there are different angles. There's the, the one angle is that, uh, that basically every government is, you know, is doing draconian means to, you know, to, to try and contain the, the virus that cannot really be contained. Um, but also just the fact that everybody is scared of this. Um, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, you talked about earlier, earlier on, if you're, if you're 19, the chances of dying of COVID-19 is uh, you know you've got more chance of dying by putting on your trousers. Um, I bet no nineteen-year-old or eighteen or nineteen-year-old knows that. Of course, you not. know that they, they, they will be worried. They'll be staying two meters apart for no reason. Everybody is is staying two I meters think, apart. I think for, for we no should reason. lock down the country until we stop people from putting on trousers. Because frankly, one death is too many. Think of the children. Won't somebody think of the trouser wearing children? Something. I mean, something to, must be done. To, to be honest, if if the over sixties did want to do everything they possibly could to increase their life expectancy throughout this period, bearing in mind that they're already shielding themselves in some way, they are minimising contact. Maybe not even going out of their house. Maybe they're they're antibacterial wiping every delivery that they get of food. They should also stop putting on trousers just to get that extra edge on not dying. Just to just to be on the safe side. Yep. Yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. It's, but sorry, it's going back to the economic. Going yeah, back so the I, economic. I think because because of the scaremongering done by every other government and every news organisation on the planet, of course that's going to have an effect. How can that not have an effect? Um, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to certainly not going to have a positive effect. Um, and well, think of all the supply chains. Think of everything yep. else that Sweden relies on, because we're, yep. you know everyone. It's is not going to be as bad. I no. would say. I would say no. that it's not going to be as bad. Um, but I also think that it's not. That's why I don't think necessarily that the economic argument is the best one. In the same way that we all, yeah, we always say, in just in, in in general, in terms of arguing against regulation or tax or you know any kind of state control or ownership, is just saying that well we're all more prosperous now than we were is not the best argument. I I likewise think that a pandemic 
any pandemic, not that actually technically this is a pandemic. I'm, again, if someone's quoted me the numbers, I can't reel them off to you now, but like, technically this is not a pandemic. <laughs> so maybe we'll, we'll try and revisit that another time. Um, but throughout this, you know, this particular virus and the government's plural responses to it, even without the government response to it, if loads of people get sick and pass it around, it's going to have an economic impact. People are going to change their behaviour. They're going to change their behaviour in order to try and avoid dying or avoid getting the disease. So there's going to be an economic impact. So saying that the only reason to stop the lockdown or the primary reason of stopping the lockdown is for economic to, to prevent economic damage, I just think it, it blunts it. It's, it's, it's an overly simplistic way of looking at it. Well, yeah. So you're you're yielding to the people then. So if you if you say the only reason to uh, you know to, to not have the lockdown is because because of economic damage, then so what if there is a virus that is so bad that yeah. it will cause more economic damage? Um, you're you're therefore saying, well, okay, in that case, we need to lock down. It's it's it's, it's just a it's just a question of how bad these viruses, you know. Yes. Are. It's a question of degree, whereas we're saying, no, no, this is morally wrong. Um, if it is that bad, people will work it out anyway, yes. and they'll certainly react a lot quicker. You know, if every government has said, "Right, okay, yeah, we're going to have furlough for six months, and we're going to lock down for three months," um, it can't react. Whereas if people start, you know, sort of slowly, you know, so, so let's say let's say there's a lot of bad press, and the media is kind of shouting about this all over the world, and everyone without government intervention says, "You know what? We're going to we're going to we're doing social distancing. Some of us are going to shield ourselves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then obviously there's going to be an economic dip immediately because of that. But we'll react a lot quicker than any government than any government has. Um, and just while we're talking about Sweden, there's um, I think it was Georgia who opened up in the US quicker mm. than or you know one one of the early ones. Yep, just over three weeks ago. And there were people saying, oh, watch this space. Second are going to go on a go spike. through the roof. They're going to have a second spike. It's going to be catastrophic. Yeah. No, it's still going down. They yeah. opened up, still going down. Well, they said the same thing about Germany. And uh, and again, the moment there was even the slightest increase, they're like, here it comes, the second peak, here it comes. And again, it, it hasn't happened, has it? It's 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 you know, it's, level, it's leveled off and it's reduced. Um, I really hope that they look back on, on, on all this data uh, and and do the comparisons, you know, the fact that Belarus is fine <laughs> and didn't, you know, and didn't lock down. There are other other countries as well. Um, I mean, I think they are slim, slim hopes. Um, but it, it's not it's not all about the income. Yeah, you know, and I suppose that yeah, there are there are plenty of people that are using the health benefits, or rather, the health comparisons about other deaths as well. Um, in their scepticism and I was very early on saying well what about the, uh, the people not getting diagnosed for cancer I mean the, 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 the TB scare is the is the latest one have you heard about heard about that no no uh, so um, TB programs across the world have been just completely canned or put on hold because that's something and, you need to keep on top of as well isn't it yes and so um, there's I mean it's obviously just a prediction um, but uh, but you know someone an expert in it came out and said, look, based on the fact that now nobody is being um, treated, screened, uh, you know the preventative drugs being given for TB, then in the next few years, two million people could die of of TB. Now I mean, the, the that might, might be a Neil Ferguson style prediction, of course, but at least we have a lot of experience with tb a lot of experience that's yeah, I mean, that's it, real deaths every year 
The only way I wouldn't be worried about that is if that that that, that figure was brought about by Neil Ferguson's uh, model computer um, model. Yeah, just so can we can we just go back to that for a second? Um, because oh I've yeah, been, sure. I've been, I've been I've been thinking a little bit more about about this, and I've kind of read a, I read a little bit more about the about the code and about what he's done. And it's just that the more the more I research into this, and the more I find out about it. It's just it's were it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah. So you um, see, so you hadn't read out anything about it. You were going on on what I've been saying, and what I'd read about the reviews of. Well, the yeah. Code. So, so you've had, had a week now to look into. It yeah. Yourself. So I've, I found out a little bit about it, and and just I mean just things in general. But the people are talking about these kind of computer modelers in that they, you know, they don't like being challenged on everything. If, if a software developer comes up to them and says. Uh, you know, I think you should make some changes to your code there. That's not the way we do things. You know, you're not allowed to do that because it will put them off making the models. It's like, well, hang, if they're making <laughs> bad, if they're making bad models, then I want then, to put them off. Then, yeah, absolutely. You know, these these people shouldn't be allowed to to, to do this. Um, and I've, you know, I've had a look at the code myself. Um, apparently, the original the original model that he used was just fifteen fifteen thousand lines. lines of C. In, yeah, in just in just one in one file, that's unbelievable. And and you know, I know it was fourteen or fifteen years ago. That was a that was a really really bad thing to do back in the day. You know, people haven't been doing that for for donkeys years. You know, it's 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 awful. And even the even the code that supposedly Microsoft and GitHub or whatever have been spending time to kind of make it easy to read, it isn't. It isn't at all. There's just you look at you try you know you try and look at some of the methods and functions. And you know, I I talk about. I mean, so I, I like I like object oriented programming, and there are different kinds. There's kind of functional programming and different things. But I, I, some of the principles I stick to are, are things like the single responsibility principle. So you just have have like a method or a function that just does one thing, and then yep. therefore, if that function goes wrong, or if that if, you know, you know exactly where where it is. It's, it's great for if something happens and you you're trying to to, to debug it to, to find where an error is. If something only does one thing, it's really easy to pinpoint where that thing is. Yes. Um, as, whereas if you look at his. And there is like if 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 it's it's like kind of nested nest ifs. within nest oh, within nest, God. and it's just you just can't tell what they're doing. And this is after you know people have kind of split it up and and tried to make it easy to easy to read. And just the whole stochastic, you know, kind of. Well, I, I went of into that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. It, but it's it's it's. It, I, I didn't quite realize how how bad it was. Um, you know, they talk about having having these kind of stochastic results, and basically they just mean we don't know what it's going to do. It's just ra- it's just random results. Um, it you know, and I was trying to think back to when when kind of multi-threading came along uh, because it only I know you mentioned before it only works on like a single-threaded computer. That yep. was a long time ago, wasn't it? Oh yeah, we've had multi-core processors. Well, when was the last time you bought something with a Pentium in it? Well, that would have been my. You know, remember that PC that I bought and had like a case looking like a Ferrari? Yeah. That but we're been... talking, we're talking well over ten years ago. Oh, longer, longer than that. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I think that was, I think that was probably fifteen years ago. And even yeah. then, you could still get. I mean, so the Intel Core processor, which had, I suppose, yeah, I'm talking about multi-core as opposed to multi-threading, because obviously you can virtualize threading anyway on a processor. But well, you still had you still had too technical. Yeah, you still had hyper-threading on that Pentium Four yeah, back in the day. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it was... so threading, threading, the concept of multi-threading has been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the the fact that it doesn't run on that is is, is crazy. Um, the 
the idea, and this 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 is another inkling of, of just how bad these programmers are. Let's say for whatever reason, it does give random results or you know results within a range. And let's just say for what for whatever reason, I mean, you and I would would never ever no. code anything like this. <laughs> but let's just say you had to run something x amount of times, whether it's five times, whether it's ten times, or whatever. Why doesn't the program do it itself? Yes. Why can <laughs> yes, it I not? Knew you were going to say that. Why can it not run five times well, and then divide the result uh, by five? And then that is yes. like the most basic. I could I could run that in ten seconds in any scripting language you like. It's just it's it's crazy. And I, I think I think I know why. The reason why is because they want to disregard some of the results that they don't like. <gasps> really. I bet that's what they're doing. I bet they're going, they're going to say, they're say, yeah, we need to run this a few times. We'll run it a few times. Ooh, but that then we'll get bit, rid. That figure's a little bit low. We're going, to, right. we're going to get rid of that. I, I can guarantee that that's, that's what they're doing. And, and this is... I Only to pick of, the results that are close to what you want, which is... Yeah, cher- I mean, right. So again, well, which obviously that's bad science. That's te- te- terrible science. Oh, it's, it's not science at all. It's not. It's, it's not. Science, not yes. It's- well, but what do you? I mean, I've you know the the term junk science I've heard used um, for these kind of things, but I never know what to say because I actually used to define myself as a scientist. I used to find that an easy to use. Oh, we've talked about my labelling, <laughs> but but, yeah, but but I'm I'm talking I'm talking years ago, but I would. I wouldn't go out there saying, oh, hello, I'm a scientist, but just inwardly to myself, I would say, I'm a scientist. Or I would, a man I would use science. it. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> but I would, I, if if talking about why I do things in a certain way um, and, and about why I read the world in a certain way, I would say, well, that's because I'm a scientist. That's because I believe in the scientific method. It's because I believe in the diagnostic method. I believe in observation and documentation and evidence and, and all of that. But I find now I don't want to associate myself with science. Now, it's not, as I say, it's not real science. The problem is real science has been kind of subsumed by this junk science or well, yeah so, so or si- science. normal science or whatever the hell you want to call it yeah so pe- scientists these days are distancing themselves from the scientific method which is like i've lost all respect for them or any, yeah. certainly anyone anyone who does what's that. the um what's the motto of the royal society is basically take nothing for granted or something i'm not i'm not sure but it's i mean something so, like so, that so so you know I've and, lost and, all and of so, it. science doesn't Science doesn't require consensus either. That's another. No, the very those two words should never be in the same sentence, other than you know there being a negative in there. Okay, consensus is the very opposite of science. Do you think Copernicus was with the consensus? No, or Galileo, or it's Archimedes. None of these (laughs) were with the consensus. Um, yeah, I mean, science doesn't care how many people think it's right. It just it cares about whether it's right or wrong. That's it just it. takes it just, one, one person scientist. to be right. Yeah, correct. Um, but just going, just going back to the computer model again, um, I was trying to think of what could the... So when I, again, when I, when I write software or when I train teams to write software, I'm all about the acceptance criteria. So oh, yes. when, when you're writing a piece of software, you need acceptance criteria so you know what you're building. What am I building this yes. for? What I want, how will I output? know? How will I know when I've done it? Correct. Correct. <laughs> and I was trying to think of the what possible acceptance criteria this model could have. And I think I know what it is. And it's that this you run it enough Lots times. Lots of deaths. 
No, no, run run this model enough times and it will give you the result you want. <laughs> you can yes. cherry pick the you can cherry pick the answers. It will give you a nice high number. Run it enough times and we we can do whatever you want with this model. So you want to lock the country down? We've got the model for you, and that's it. And it's been used time and again for the, for that exact thing. Yeah, uh, it's just it's crazy. It should be criminal. Um, I, I I'm flabbergasted by it, frankly, and. I suppose at least you see you go with you look at uh, I I don't I don't know I suppose it's still too early to tell isn't it you look at climate change nonsense and the kinds of models and things that exist for there and you know at least this one has been made public maybe not the original code but enough of the code in a, in a form to show just how dodgy it is um and, and you know, I've I've wanted to tweet. You know, I have a I have a if if you like this model, I have a hockey stick for you. You know, because that's what it is. That's exactly the same thing. It's it's that the the bias of the person who made the model is is in the model, um, and I think that's what you're basically saying there with even how you're supposed to in quotes use it. Um, but it's not. I mean, a, I, I don't th- I don't think this this one. I think the hockey stick models were undoubtedly awful code but i think they were a little bit more sophisticated in that they would still they would still produce the results desired without having to run them again and again and again <laughs> yes you still only have to run them once <laughs> so they, they would they would deliberately ignore results that didn't get this hockey stick you know they were, they, yes. they were designed to, to yes. get the hockey stick um kind of result but they were clever enough to do that i don't think neil ferguson if you wanted to get a hockey stick he's not in their could. league you know, and 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 the principles that I'm talking about now, when when I've I've taught lots of people to code right from scratch, you know, complete beginners who've never t- written a line of code in their lives, I've kind of I've, I've I've taught them how to kind of write basic scripts, basic programs, all this kind of thing. These the things that I'm going through now, these are not advanced techniques. These are the sort of things that I would I'd get to this in the afternoon, you know. So you'd you'd start off writing code and and you do a hello world within the first five minutes. Yeah. And then I'd break stuff down, and I'd, I'd, you know, I'd explain what functions are, what methods are, what classes are, this kind of thing. By the afternoon, they're not making the mistakes that Neil Ferguson is making right now. Um, after, <laughs> In less after than one, a day, after one day. So, and 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 it's not again. This is not. This is nothing new. This this this. You know, th- these methods of, of writing programs have been around for twenty years or more. Right. Okay. We've got to a particular point. In fact, at any day. From let let's say any day from lockdown to now, there have been a set of stats that are in quotes real. They are recorded. Okay, maybe we can question the individual efficacy and source of any one of them, but there are stats that have been generated in real time. Um, I know, but- I know, we, I know where you're going. <laughs> I know where you're going. Go, go, go for it. So. At any point, and in fact, on every day, we should have been able to feed this data in, real data, into his model and have it agree with what's happened. Okay, so that, that, that was a slightly different angle that I was thinking. Well, yeah, so right. What I was, we what I was, we what should I, be able to show the curve that we have. Yes, yeah, so what, what I was thinking was that the, the evidence that was given to... Boris Johnson or whoever uh, that, that that made them decide to do this lockdown. The figures yep. that they got from that model, whether it was an average or whatever, um, 
there should have been, you know, there should have been, okay, this is what happens if you don't do the lockdown. This is what happens if you do do the lockdown. They do do the lockdown. Okay, what did you think was going to happen on, on, on April the 8th? Did you think that was going to be our peak? What about May the 10th? What about, you know, yes. these dates? And see how it compares well, to the advice that they were given. I can guarantee and, it, will be, it will be a million miles away. Of course. Um, but, but also, the, to get around that to a certain degree, the the results of the model should have tolerances in the same way that you do an opinion poll and you have um you have error bars you know you have um you have things being within error. everyone knows what the term margin of error means and yet no one's talked about a margin of error for any of these um these predictions um but as you say they should have been very clear the ones based on lockdown whatever this model is about well this is what happens if you close the schools this is what happened if you close the hotels not that the hotels were included in the uh, in the modeling <laughs> um and all these other things then you should be able to go ah yes i was right within a tolerance because it's it's happened as i said and if it's too complicated if it turns around and you go well, well we didn't predict this and we didn't predict that well that is, like, that goes in our favor of saying well then so your model wasn't good enough then so yeah and and they could have they could have they could have said you know okay we've never done this before we've got this model we don't know how good it is, but we can't afford to take any risk. Therefore, we're going to use it, but we're going to compare our results with what the model suggested. So that okay, we're going to we're going to take the we're going to use a precautionary principle. We're going to take the precaution of locking everyone down just to be on the safe side. Think of the children. Something must be done, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then you go back and you say, okay, we use this model. Uh, we've done everything the model has said. This is what the model said would happen if we did this. What has actually happened? Oh, you know what? The model's completely wrong. So the next time we get a catastrophe like this, we're not using this freaking model. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, and, and we're not using this guy again let on alone, your bike, Neil. Let, let alone the fact that a good modeler, if that's the term we're going to use for this, would be constantly taking that data in order to refine their model so that by the end of the period of time, the model should be as near as perfect for that set of circumstances as you can get. Would you agree? So that actually, maybe for the maybe for the final quarter of of the period of time, it should be near as damn it bang on. <laughs> because you've learned from it, because you've used feedback. You've talked before about failure and feedback. And the fact that you you you've got something that empirically did happen. So you can model it. It's all very well trying to model something that hasn't happened. If you can't model something that has happened, then what good is any model? Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, I, I mean, is I'm, is I'm that not, about where we should end it? Is that? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we should. I think we should. On that, we on exhausted that, on that this rant. Well. We've, this has been an, an hour or so long of just you and me. You've been ranting about schools. I've been <laughs> ranting about Neil Ferguson. It's just, yeah. And Get about, it off your chest. Yeah, well, that's what this is for. Hopefully there's somebody out there that uh, even slightly agrees with us. Well, I'm, um, hoping, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping the old person is listening to this and nodding their heads and thinking, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Well, I must admit, so that's, that's one of the reasons I do this. Uh, it's a great outlet, but I, I think there are people out there that that feel comforted that they're not the only ones. So do you want to get ready with the music while I yeah, say... Yeah, do you want to do the outro? Well, while I say um, we are not sponsored by anybody here at Sounding Board. We're not after your money. But in a kind of reverse sponsorship, we host LockdownSkeptics.org. So please go to LockdownSkeptics. They're not paying us a penny, but we are proud to support the efforts they do 
to bring the skeptics together. You've been listening to Sounding Board. Please subscribe. See you again next time. <laughs>